Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, Buglers. Welcome once again to another raid into our own archives in an episode of Top Stories. Today we go back to September 2013 and issue 245 of this esteemed audio newspaper. Well, thank goodness we don't have to spend too much time thinking about Syria these days. I'm sure everything there is all absolutely fine, but that wasn't the case back in 2013 when our episode was entitled Syria Too Complicated for Five-Year-Olds. Top story this week, S-S-Syria, oh, S-S-Syria, One for all you Phil Collins fans out there. Um, the drumbeat for war, or at least uh, attacking Syria, is getting louder and la- louder, Andy, with President Obama beating the drum of war like it's a Neil Peart solo. Uh, one for all you Rush fans out there. Um, look, y- yes... Yes, this is a glib way to start talking about Syria, but frankly, you know, you have to find a way to lighten this up. Well, you don't have to, but I choose to. Now, all of a sudden, America seems intent on, at the very least, airstrikes, and at the very most, airstrikes on Syria. And you might think, why now? You know, this humanitarian crisis has been going on for over two years. More than 100,000 people have been killed. Two million refugees have fled Syria to neighbouring countries. And the international community has proven its ability to be laser-focused in its determination to ignore everything that's happening over there. Why this sudden concern for the welfare of the Syrian people? Well, it all comes down to chemical weapons. Not so much having them, any country worth its salt has them, but using them. Uh, Chemical weapons are not supposed to be used. They're ornamental. They're like a garnish. They're supposed to make your other weapons even scarier. And uh, this current flashpoint comes down to an alleged attack on civilians in uh, Damascus suburb on August the 21st in which uh, 1,426 people were killed, over 400 of which were reportedly children. Uh, The White House claims that Bashar al-Assad is responsible for the attack, uh, which Assad claims that he wasn't, 
uh, and that either there was a naturally occurring sarin rainstorm somewhere <laughs> or that the civilians must have somehow done it to themselves to make him look bad. And that might sound ridiculous, Andy, but it's actually what some Syrian officials are almost suggesting, arguing that the opposition were behind any such attacks and that they were encouraged to do this by the West. Uh, Deputy Foreign Minister Faisal Mehdad uh, claimed that it was a tactic by the rebels to turn around the civil war, which he said they were losing. And that's a classic move, Andy. They gassed themselves, playing the long game. It's just like during the Battle of the Somme, Andy, when we must have gassed ourselves to prove that we could take a punch. It made sense then, and it makes sense now. It's all uh, pretty depressing, John, as you've uh, suggested. I was away in Spain for ten happy news-free days. Prior to that, mm-hmm. I've been concentrating on the final test match of the England-Australia Ashes series. So I'd basically had almost three weeks away from any form of reality. And I returned to self-styled <laughs> civilization on Wednesday to basically find that not only was Syria about to explode internationally, but that British politics had been tearing itself apart like a masochistic fox in a pack of hounds outfit. <laughs> and the world <laughs> was now teetering on the edge of its biggest international crisis uh, in years. There is a kind of general sense that a happy and harmonious solution to this whole shebang is about as likely as Elvis Presley making it through qualifying for next year's World Snooker Championships. <laughs> even if he is still alive, he'd be 79. So even if he has been locked in a snooker hall for the last 36 years, he's almost certainly passed his best. <laughs> Assad has, uh, has challenged President Obama to present evidence that the Syrian government was involved in the Damascus gambling attack, saying those who make accusations must show evidence. We have challenged the United States and France to come up with a single piece of proof. And look, I'm not a UN weapons inspector, Andy, and I am sorry if I ever suggested that I was one, but I guess the evidence is probably at the very least fourfold for that. Um, One, the piles of dead bodies with no visible wounds. Two, the fact that Assad wanted to do it. Three, the fact that he had the capability to do it. And four, the fact that no one else f***ing did. That really does point the finger of blame, at the very least, in his general direction. Uh, Obama claims that the world must act and that this is a red line that Syria has crossed. Although, again, to be fair, America has in the past been a little wriggly on the exact shade of red that would necessitate a response. Uh, when Assad was previously accused of a camel attack, all of a sudden the red line looked a lot more pinkish. It definitely had a significant rosy hue to American eyes. Well, also, uh, I mean, there's been a lot of this talk of this red line and, you know, because there have already been chemical attacks uh, mm-hmm. in uh, during the two years of the the Syrian uh, Syrian conflict suggestions by the UN's own reporters that both uh, Assad and the rebels may have uh, may have perpetrated them so where is this red line as you say arguments over whether the line was red or just a really dark orange and a strange light or as the various sides the Russians and the Americans and the Chinese and the British rifle through their paint catalogues to decide exactly what color the line was a burnt sienna line or a Hawaiian sunset a Leninist brick or a blushing priest line Perhaps even a <laughs> vermilious tomatista, a squashed Andalusian puppy, a rampaging watermelon, or a tuberculotic rat mucus line. Maybe even the classic, unless we have this in our living room, the chafed mountaineer's testicle line. I mean, what exactly oh, that's a, is, that's a lovely is red, colour. John? What is That's a lovely colour. It, really, it warms up a room, that, doesn't yeah. it? And also, what colours were the lines marking out the slaughter and maiming of tens of thousands of citizens by fair, honourable and largely pain-free conventional weapons and the displacement, <laughs> right. if you say, of millions through strategic but non-chemical and therefore gentlemanly state terrorisation? There's some <laughs> exactly. very oddly coloured lines in this conflict. 
Uh, Syria is becoming a particular flashpoint due to countries using it as a vessel through which to essentially piss each other off. It's now not just a civil war, as it serves as a proxy war, with Iran, Hezbollah and Russia taking sides against uh, Saudi Arabia, the Gulf sheikdoms and America. Uh, Russian President Putin has been very critical of the US, saying that Secretary of State John Kerry lied in his testimony this week. He said he lies openly and he knows that he lies. This is sad. Now, here's why that's suspicious, Andy. Judging by his face, I don't think Vladimir Putin even has the capacity for sadness anymore. (laughs) In fact, I think the only time he might even approach sadness is whenever he suspects that he might just have been happy. That's the only time he gets even close. Uh, President Obama has opted not to take executive action on Syria and has chosen to ask the permission of Congress first instead, probably less out of a desire to follow the exact letter of the US law and more to say, look, if I'm going to eat this shit pie, you can at least all have a slice of it with me. Uh, He's attempted to reassure those doubters uh, by saying that any military action would be, and I quote, limited and proportional. Essentially, he's having to reassure uh, people in Congress that the strikes will basically do nothing. You know, they, they won't suck us into a war, they won't remove Assad uh, and make us accountable for the consequences. They'll basically be pointless. In fact, if it makes you any happier, the missiles will be empty or they'll just have a little flag that comes out the end which says bang in funny letters. <laughs> uh, he even went so far as to describe it as a shot across the bowels of the Syrian government rather than trying to tip the balance uh, against it in the conflict. It's, it's just a warning shot, Andy. We're just going to aim the missiles slightly over their head or in front of their feet to make them dance. That's all we're going to do. Well, this isn't the, the great tradition of the uh, international response to the uh, Syrian crisis, which admittedly has been a situation as complex and awkward as a teenage hydra with a penchant for chopping its own heads off. But for what, And for whatever reason, the UN's previous resolutions to try to force Assad into line have not worked. Resolutions ranging from now, 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 via, come on, simmer down, oi, oi, and, I mean, really, all the way to the one that nearly broke him, Resolution 2065. And none of those... None of those have worked, and this is this is why now the governments have been uh, have been trying to force themselves into action. David Cameron, a uh, British Prime Minister, mm-hmm. recalled MPs to vote on whether uh, Britain should uh, give military support to uh, an American uh, American strike, uh, and he lost the vote. It was the first time in three hundred years that a government has been defeated on a military action decision, uh, and in those three hundred years, we've taken a fair amount of military action. That gives it some. Um, some kind of context. And we have the now traditional sight of uh, sights and sounds of politicians opportunistically accusing their opponents of political opportunism. Uh, hmm. Cameron accused the MPs who voted against British intervention of failing to, quote, take a stand against the gassing of children. Um, uh, and then he said that Britain will be one of the leaders, uh, despite this vote, in bringing forward plans for a peace process for Syria. Thus, I guess, taking the kind of stand those MPs who voted against him presumably thought was a better way of standing. And it's all... Man, it's, I think it... To be honest, John, I, t- I chose a very good week to be away on holiday because I think <laughs> I would have smashed at least three televisions yeah. had I been here. In response to uh, uh, the UK uh, losing that vote, uh, or David Cameron losing that vote, uh, the US said it would continue to consult with the UK, uh, who are, and again, I quote, one of our closest allies and friends, going on to say, pussies, and (laughs) grow some balls, grow some actual balls. David Cameron, is, in his attempt to convince Parliament, uh, talked of the evidence that the US has of the chemical weapon strike. The problem is... 
that having America say we have evidence of chemical weapons <laughs> rings a little hollower than it once did after that whole Colin Powell and his prop <laughs> anthrax bottle of the UN shaboggle. Uh, in fact, that evidence now rings so hollow it basically echoes back at you, even though that evidence is clearly real. <laughs> Yes, it's a kind of yeah the the old boy who promoted Wolf the Musical scenario. <laughs> exactly, um, it's a classic. I mean, this is a classic case, John, of history uh, history repeating on itself, uh, with the acid taste of half digested failures of the past chundering their way back into the world's throat and producing one of the more noxious global belches of recent times, <laughs> if I may stretch an unnecessary <laughs> metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening, Buglers. More top stories soon. Our merch sale is on the verge of ending, so do go to thebuglepodcast.com to get the good stuff now. Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you, you, you must be so excited. Listen now.